Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be dealing with a religious liberty issue here in the state of Ohio. If you've been listening to the program the last few weeks, you know that we've had guests on to talk about what's happening in other parts of the country. Very alarming, as uh, churches are being threatened with fines, uh, or basically nuisance ordinances, and being closed, uh, all under the auspices of COVID-19 restrictions. In the state of California, of course, Pastor John MacArthur and Grace Church is right now uh, facing uh, some court action by L.A. County, Los Angeles County officials. And the latest go-around is, is they sent an eviction notice to the church uh, because of its parking facility. So it's a retribution type of eviction. So it's not the church proper, but it's the uh, parking facilities that they've been using in the county since uh, 1975. So you can see that these kinds of draconian actions overreach by local and state government is really having a terrible impact upon the church. We received reports this week that Ohio itself is facing, due to COVID-19 restrictions and closures earlier this year and the stress that it's put on local congregations and uh, local churches, uh, that obviously offerings and contributions, revenues are down, that Ohio is slated to to lose upwards of 30% of our churches will close and never reopen. This is an alarming uh, news item, obviously, as churches are an integral part of what we need as a vibrant society, ministering to the cares and needs of our communities. But what we're going to talk about today is what's happening right here in the state of Ohio. What's happening in the state of Ohio, of course, is a few weeks ago, Governor Mike DeWine issued a statewide face mask mandate. First, it was seven counties that had a slight spike uh, after spring activity. Then it expanded to nine counties. Then he went full uh, course with all 88 counties having a face mask mandate. Now, where the governor has stated repeatedly that he has not ordered the churches, but he sent mixed signals at the same time. Some of these signals early on, as you can remember, uh, that he was saying no larger groups than the size of 10. Yet he said he didn't order the church. Well, you can't gather a congregation together on a Sunday morning when you limit gatherings to 10. And then when you basically say that, uh, well, if you're a good Christian, you're not going to want to put people in compromising positions that could acquire the COVID-19 virus. So he kind of ugly shamed the church at the same time. And so where he didn't order it, he certainly sent mixed signals. And those signals were received in rural churches across the state of Ohio. We're receiving reports where these pastors now gathering with other uh, pastors are saying, look, we were of the understanding that the churches were closed, that we could not open by state authority. So, you know, the governor really has at his feet that the mixed signaling that he sent from the beginning has had a very terrible effect. Now, in the coming weeks, we're going to talk on this program about the suicide rates that have skyrocketed here in the state of Ohio since March, and also opiate addiction overdoses in the state of Ohio. 
Obviously, all the gains that we've made over the last couple of years to tackle uh, drug addiction and opiate addictions uh, and fentanyl addictions has now lost all that ground that we gained, and now we are backslidden as a state, and actually now we're in a free fall. We're going to have people on the program to talk to you about how we're trying to reach those people that are falling between the cracks, and unfortunately, uh, the families that are grieving lost ones uh, who have fallen victim to drug overdoses. And, of course, alcoholism and marital stress is on the increase as well. And mental, we didn't not even talking about clinical depression uh, that is off the charts here in the state of Ohio, all due to the stress of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, but more likely what government's doing by disrupting our lives with COVID-19 restrictions. But what we're going to focus on today is what's happening in the church. Well, when the governor uh, announced the face mask mandate across the state, it did include churches, and pastors got on conference calls with the, the governor and said, Governor, we disagree with you on this. Look, our churches have been doing social distancing, hand sanitizing, we've been doing UV lighting and taking all the precautions uh, we may even provide face masks for people, but we're not going to mandate or require people wear masks during the services. And so they told the governor that they disagreed with him. And so what's happening? Well, health departments have taken on the cause, and they are starting to call churches, send notices, and yes, even threaten churches with fines and closure. With me on the phone is OCA board member, uh, Pastor Al Davis. And pastor actually received a notice this week, and I just got off the phone with another uh, pastor uh, from the Columbus area, uh, and he pastors a Baptist church, and he got a call just today by a health official in Franklin County. So, uh, But also with us is Dean Kavoris, Pastor Dean Kavoris as Christ Lutheran Church of Cleveland, who called our offices after hearing our first program. Pastor Dean, welcome to the program. Hello. Glad to be here. Well, thank you, Pastor, for uh, reaching out. And uh, by the way, I read your blog that you sent to your congregation. Let's talk about that for a minute, because you've expressed some of these very concerns with your congregation and saying, look, people are hurting right now. The last thing we need to do is disperse. We need to congregate and minister to people. Explain. Uh, well, I don't remember what I wrote on the blog right now, but uh, uh, the church has never been more essential than it is at this moment, uh, at least not in our lifetimes. And um, <clears throat> the um, uh, not only has the government caused the problem, but I'm sorry to say that uh, too many church, uh, too many ecclesiastical people, pastors, church officials, uh, were too ready to comply with everything. Uh, I am especially uh, upset with uh, the uh, Catholic bishops in America. This is not a denominational complaint. Uh, the fact that they caved in instantly back in early March closed all the Catholic churches, and uh, whether we like it or not, they are the, uh, if you will, the big dog on the block, and what they do, everybody else seems to do. So uh, they influenced a great many other churches. Uh, everybody was running scared, and uh, they've done tremendous damage. There are still some churches, some Lutheran churches, that are not open. Uh, others are open with such uh, restrictions that you can hardly call a church. Um, uh, people are still in panic. They're still in a free fall. And we have to stop the madness. 
Pastor Dean, I appreciate you uh, uh, stating that, and basically thank you for what you're doing with your congregation and making sure that you're congregating. But uh, it seems as if county officials in Cuyahoga County did contact you. They sent you two letters and also called you. Explain to us what that call was like from county health officials when they called the church. Uh, um, I, I did not take the call. Our building manager took it. And uh, I will say, uh, even though it's chilling, the whole idea is chilling, uh, they are playing softball. They are going through the motions. Um, and that's all that appeared to be to me. Um, but even that, as I say, as an American, um, as a Christian, it has a chilling effect. Well, we're looking at the letter that came out from the Cauga County um, um, offices, uh, County Cauga County uh uh, actually, Department of Health has sent this out. This is one of the letters that you forwarded to us. We also learned of another church in Cuyahoga County that had been contacted by health officials, and complaints came in against the church. Now, again, uh, they've been doing all those kinds of social distancing, hand sanitizing, UV lighting, and but they're going to congregate. And, and the pastor said, I'm not going to mandate that people wear masks when they come to services. Uh, now, some people will, and they provide masks in the foyer, but that's about the extent of it. But what the problem is here is when you have overreach of government, going into church and talking to pastors and threatening pastors and church officials and saying, we got a complaint about your church, and not everybody was wearing a mask. When we pulled the public records request from Summit County, for instance, and uh, these are obtainable, we had board, uh, our board officials reach out to county officials and obtained records. We saw one instance where there was a St. Joseph Catholic Church that was called upon three times by by one of the congregants, and she kept complaining. I was in Mass again this morning, and uh, people aren't wearing their masks, and, you know, the Father isn't doing anything about it, and can I hand out the citations? You know, she wanted to be the face mask police, <laughs> and she's reporting the Church to county officials. We laugh about it a little bit, but it gets to be maddening when you realize that uh, this is actually an issue of liberty. These these health officials, sure, there's going to be people that complain, but health officials and bureaucrats shouldn't be calling churches to uh, notify them or act like a policing agency and overseer. Pastor Al, your thoughts? I agree with you, Chris. And uh, when you're talking about the complaints, you know, of course, our church received an email and I believe it was sent to a group of churches, not us in particular, and it was it was from the Summit County Board of Health, and this uh, mandatory masking order that they passed last week, this was sent to me on Friday, this uh, Friday, August the 28th, and, and they had passed this, and uh, actually what you're saying, um, it says Summit County will enforce these orders through complaint-based monitoring. And it says businesses are required to enforce the resolution for their employees and customers. And if they fail to enforce it, they're subject to a $100 fine. And uh, so this is what they were sending out to uh, churches this past weekend. Well, again, and we're getting, so this came to you, and you know, there was actually notices as well about capacity uh, that uh, went out as well. And so there's some confusion again as the, uh, governor issued that uh, entertainment venue, venues can start operating again with the concerts halls or uh, the music halls, these kinds of things, but 15% capacity. Well, the confusion Correct. is going to come in to where you had, for instance, we had the Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet last month, well, in July. 
um, about six weeks ago. Well, we were at a venue that they could seat 600, and we were told we could have up to 250 guests, and that's what we did. And everything went well. Nobody contracted COVID that we are aware of, and all went well. We had uh, public officials with us, the Secretary of State, the State Auditor, and things went well. So uh, in other venues have been happening, but when they put out this alert about entertainment venues of 15% capacity, it gets a little confusing then for the hotels and uh, other assembly halls that may host a church and then restrict them to 15% capacity. This is going to be a problem. So I talked to a pastor today. We kind of addressed his issue in his county down there, Montgomery County, and uh, he appreciated that. We pulled records, and they're aware of it, and we've addressed with it the uh, administration. Uh, Summit County also had a, a Luther, uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, a Nazarene church, and uh, we followed up on that one as well. Pastor Dean, your case up there in Cleveland. Now, I will tell you, Pastor Dean, that we have a, uh, requested public records requests. We'd like to see how many churches have been contacted uh, in the county. This is all public information, and the other counties of Summit, Franklin, and Montgomery were pretty quick. In a few days, they gave us what they had on hand. Conga County was different. In fact, uh, Pastor, you, I think you'll find this to be interesting, uh, that they said they didn't have any records of any contact with churches. And this, well, was their, this was their representing attorney. Well, that's a falsehood, because not only you, but we know of at least one other church in Calgary County, and we know there's more. And so this, this legal representation for the Board of Health of Calgary County, uh, he already has misspoken and actually, you could say, lied in this email, because we do have it in record. Um, and we're, we're going to probably uh, pursue that. And what I mean by is we're going to reach out to the state auditor because he is a policing authority of these entities, making sure that they provide public records in a timely manner. Okay, it's not, it's not like, if I feel like it, they have to. And so we want to know how many other churches have been contacted, what that's like, what's the communication been like, and that kind of thing. So we know of two, at least, and so that was a conflict of uh, communication already from the Cauga County Board of Health. Your thoughts? Well... It's pretty obvious that government doesn't know what it's doing on the best of days. Uh, currently, uh, the confusion is complete. Um, you know, it is the, it's the job of leaders to inspire confidence, to lead people with courage through every challenge that they might have. Instead, um, they have... Um, uh, instigated panic, uh, 25-8, if you will, the media, the medical community, government officials, uh, and as I say, I'm sorry to say, ecclesiastical officials have also induced panic among the people. Um, I think the people have to take over here and say, we're going to live our lives as we live them, and if you try to stop us, we will file suit against you. The one thing that surprises me uh, quite a bit is that there are not attorneys advertising uh, civil rights violations against every that have been committed against every citizen in the state of Ohio. Uh, we were um, we were uh, put under house arrest for what ten weeks. Um, now we're being told what we have to look like, what we have to wear. Uh, how close we get to people. These are, uh, just speaking as an American, to me, these are civil rights. 
I, uh, I, I wish that people would start filing lawsuits against the governor and against uh, the government, per se, against local officials, county officials, state officials, um, for trampling the rights of people. If I may also add one other thing in this yes, regard, uh, and that is this. As far as policing the wearing of masks, uh, the government has put many people at great risk. It's very dangerous to be the police if you're not the police. Uh, I have been a police chaplain for 25 years with uh, uh, several different agencies, including uh, federal agencies. And I know a lot about police work as a civilian. And uh, to have a 20-year-old clerk or an 18-year-old clerk uh, telling people what to do as far as face masks and so on, I'm afraid that somebody's going to get hurt and it's the government who's going to have the injury or the blood on their hands. Uh, By trying to make everybody into the police, one last thing connected to that, I will stop. Uh, this this uh, panic has brought out the worst in people. Yes, it has. Uh, every every petty tyrant has now been exposed. And I'm not just talking about government people. I'm talking about the, uh, for example, the uh, woman that you mentioned who wants to write citations. That's right. Uh, there there are petty dictators everywhere. It's sinful. It's wrong, and um, Christians certainly need to. Uh, not take part in this. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming forward and coming on the program today. Pastor Al, uh, we've talked about this for several weeks now, and of course our board was looking at documents on Saturday with the reports that have been acquired. Now, this uh, letter came to light. This is a letter from the DeWine administration, and uh, it's uh, written from Beth Bickard, Executive Director of Association of Health Commissioners, okay, written to. Dear Director Bickard, below is a concept paper for the governor's plan to assist local government leaders with enforcement of Ohio Department of Health orders. The general idea is to provide grant funding to help with local enforcement efforts against repeat and blatant violators at both the investigation and uh, prosecution levels. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact me. Well, we went on through this letter. We're going to make this public, not this right now, but in the next few days. And in exchange of emails, the one official saying to the other official, this is Montgomery County, and said, we got $95,000 for this. Well, if you're getting money, you're going to start acting out these enforcements. And again, folks, understand something. These records were acquired by the Ohio Christian Alliance in our research when we simply ask for communication of Department of Health to ch- about churches, complaints on face mask order, and any law enforcement uh, connection to the complaints. And this is what we got back. Here's what it also says. The governor would like to provide assistance to local health departments and local prosecutors' offices to help with the enforcement of the Ohio Department of Health orders. The basic concept is that the Ohio Department of Health would provide funding for local health departments to contract with investigators who would assist in the investigation of complaints against individuals, businesses who repeatedly and blatantly fail to comply with the Ohio Department of Health orders. 
you know, Al, this is it. It's in black and white now. We've got it in front of us, and we got it through a public records request. We haven't made it public yet. We are now on the airwaves, but we'll put it up on our website. Your thoughts about this? Well, I think that's uh, why our church got this email, because they now have money to have somebody who can sit down, find all of the uh, churches in Summit County, find their email addresses, and start emailing information to them. Um, I think this is a shadow of things to come. Well, see, and that's right. See that, and and you're you got to notice, but this is talking about enfor- enforcement with a prosecutor. Yeah, office. preparatory to the enforcement. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not like a how you doing today kind of thing. Okay, this is enforcement. Okay, and so we already know that there's fines and penalties, right, for violators. Mm-hmm. Well, again, this was acquired when we questioned about face mask order for churches, which as the uh, uh, Evangelical Council told the governor, you've now put us under the same mandate as every other business and every other entity in the state with these orders, okay? Well, let's go back to what the governor said in one of his earlier pressers. He said, his wife reminded him, Mike, you you started out on this thing uh, trusting the people of Ohio. Let's continue to trust the people of Ohio. I don't know, Pastor Dean, does that sound like he's trusting the people of Ohio? <laughs> If I might say so, um, they have set off a pandemic of mental illness, and I'm not speaking figuratively. Uh, face masks and social distancing and the anxiety, the poverty that they have created, the um, uh, people have lost their self-respect when they lost their jobs, even, even what might be called a minimum job, a non-essential job. Those jobs are important to people. They have made people physically and mentally ill with their overreach and reaction. This needs to stop. Uh, people need to file lawsuits. Lawyers, where are all you lawyers out there? Why aren't you advertising uh, so-and-so makes the government pay? Like, uh, like we have the ad from uh, Northern Ohio. Uh, I don't want to mention any names, but um, we, we, we need that to happen. And well, to me, that, this that's is a, they're causing damage to people in the same way. And this is as unjust as any other injustice, racial injustice, whatever else. This is just as bad. Pastor Dean Kavoris, we want to thank you for coming on the program again. Christ Lutheran Church in Cleveland, Pastor Al Davis of Richville Bible Baptist Church, Thank you, Pastor Al, for serving on our committee and uh, telling the story today. Now, we talked to pastors in Columbus, in Montgomery County, down in Dayton, uh, other ones in Summit County. And so, folks, these calls are going out to pastors statewide. Why is this important? Because if you let this go, then we lose another leaf off the Tree of Liberty. If this high watermark of the intrusion of government officials into local congregations and into churches, threatening churches, intimidating churches and pastors we allow that to go, what will be next? That's why the Ohio Christian Alliance exists, is to advocate on behalf of religious liberty across the state of Ohio. We work with churches across the state of Ohio. Well, listen, we're going to put this information up on our website, again, at ohioca.org. Just Google Ohio Christian Alliance. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at the website as well, at ohioca.org. Stay with us. We're going to talk to the roundtable discussion about our court case. And you don't want to miss that from the concerned citizens of Medina City. Pastors, again, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Chris.
God bless you. All right, stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back after these messages. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Monday Night Roundtable presents the Roundtable Radio Marathon, Saturday, September 5th, from 1 p.m. to midnight, simulcast live on AM 1220 The Word, AM 1420 The Answer, 96.9 FM, and 102.5 FM. Join George Satari, Steve Krause, and a host of thought-provoking guests as we rally the vote for the upcoming 2020 presidential election. This marathon will be an endurance test full of history, patriotism, and thoughtful dialogue to help stem the tide of the radical left and promote life, liberty, and preserving the republic. Prizes will be given out each hour with a $500 grand prize awarded at the end of the show. So, come on, man! And join us as we rally the vote on the Roundtable Radio Marathon Saturday, September 5th from 1 p.m. to midnight on AM 1220 The Word, AM 1420 The Answer, 96.9 FM, and 102.5 FM. So rally the vote and preserve the republic. The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. Uh, We're glad that you've joined us. I wish I had better news for you, uh, those of you that listen to this program, but unfortunately... We have to report that the Ohio Christian Alliance, along with the concerned citizens of Medina City, have lost their case before the state Supreme Court. This was a voting rights case on a referendum issue of the LGBTQ ordinance that was passed by City Hall last year, and the referendum petition of July of 2019 was circulated by concerned citizens of the city, and they've secured enough signatures to go onto the ballot, submitted them to the uh, city auditor's office, who in turn then turned him to the Board of Elections, who then uh, discredited the uh, petitions and said that um, 59 of the signatures had non-matching issues. Well, we're going to talk about that because we took our case to the state Supreme Court, and unfortunately the court just came down with a 7-0 to decision against us, against voting rights, folks. This is important for you. So if your right to vote your privilege to vote means anything to you, you're going to want to listen to this broadcast. Well, first of all, I want to tell you about the state Supreme Court case. You can find it online at the Ohio Supreme Court, and it is case number 2020-0179. 
You can also go to our website, Ohio Christian Alliance, and we'll have it right at the top. We'll also have our press release. And, of course, what happened back in February is we filed a case, a voting rights case, at the state Supreme Court. At that time, when we did that, uh, the court then began to receive the different responses from city government, county officials there in Medina, in response to our case that was filed. And then, of course, um, the Citizens Committee was responding by their attorney, Josh Brown, who was uh, making the case that the 47 affidavits, these were people who had their signature, signatures wrongfully invalidated for what the, the board termed non-matching signature. Now, also understand something. There was a conflict of interest on the Board of Elections. The chairwoman is Pam Miller, a Democrat, and she's the one who brought the measure, meaning the LGBTQ ordinance idea to City Hall for passage, and yet she's the one that was over the review of our petitions. Folks, do you smell uh, a rat? Because that's exactly what it is. And then even the Republican chairman of the county, he uh, Chuck... Uh, he he basically stated that he didn't want anybody circulating that referendum petition, so he spoke of his uh, objections to it, and yet he was the other one that was reviewing, and so their people are the ones who reviewed the petitions. Not a very fair or balanced process, for sure. We made that case to the state Supreme Court. Then the citizens who had their signatures wrongfully invalidated when we came to them and said, hey, we need you to sign a sworn affidavit and can we have a copy of your photo ID to prove that this is you, they were upset that their signatures were wrongfully invalidated. In fact, then, they eagerly signed a sworn affidavit. To get one affidavit is a big deal. To get 47 of them, now the, the board said we were 44 short, so we made it three over. And then we asked the attorneys, what should we do? They said, well, you should go to court. A sworn affidavit is what is basically the weighty of law. In fact, folks, when you go to court, what do you do? You put your hand on the Bible and you say, uh, I, tell, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, so help me God. That's a sworn affidavit. And they, the court turned back on its own precedence of the very thing in which exists court in law and justice in this land is the sworn testimony by the citizens. You're listening to News in Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. We want you to read this case because this is important, folks. This is a basically voting rights case. And let me read to you our press release today. Ohio Supreme Court shamefully denies due process in voting rights case of Medina City citizens. Today, the Ohio Supreme Court denied the voting rights of the citizens of Medina City, who had been wrongfully blocked from the ballot as 47 registered voters had their signatures wrongfully invalidated by the Medina County Board of Elections in relation in the relation to the referendum petition of Medina City Ordinance 112-19 passed by Medina City Council on July 8, 2019. The Supreme Court went against its own precedent from just 3 years ago in which they granted mandamus action in a similar case of non-matching signatures. OCA President Chris Long made the following statement: This is a sad day for the voting rights of Ohio citizens. As an organization that has encouraged voting participation and voter education, it is dis disheartening to see the state's highest court deny due process to my fellow Ohio citizens. This is a clarion call to all grassroots public policy citizen groups across Ohio that encourage voter participation by way of initiative petition, referendum, charter amendment, 
and constitutional amendment. With today's decision, this is all in jeopardy as the court has now set a precedent that corrupt, biased partisans who work the boards of election can discriminately um, has now said it, uh, invalidate duly registered voters from the petitions at the whim of what they consider non-matching signature in violation of voting rights. This may not be the end of the road for this case. Voting rights is a national federal issue, and we may consider a federal lawsuit. I say emphatically, shame on the Ohio Supreme Court. Many will be watching this case and have lost faith in our judiciary as a result. We may now seek relief through the federal courts, as many have encouraged us to do so. The stakes are just as high. In a time when our civil liberties are being suspended, the state's highest court should have, better, should have known better than to send this message during a time that many consider to be a constitutional crisis. At the end of the day, these are elected officials. We won't be voting for them in November. And that's our press release today in response to the negative decision by the Ohio Supreme Court. With me on the phone is citizens who worked hard and long to circulate the petition of referendum on the city ordinance of LGBTQ special rights, which included public accommodation, meaning members of the opposite sex using the restroom, locker rooms, showers, and athletic programs of their choice, putting at risk the privacy rights of women and children in the city of Medina. With me is Maureen Noth, who, of course, was the named plaintiff in the case. Also, Wendy and Linda were volunteers in Medina, and they joined me on the phone as well. Ladies, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Well, Marie, this is a sad day. I mean, thankfully, you stood forward as a resident, a longtime resident of the city of Medina, and you were part of the uh, Citizens Committee. You were named on the referendum petition itself as it was circulated. You worked long and hard uh, to go to your fellow citizens to secure their signatures. How do you feel about this? Well, I'm, of course, uh, very disappointed uh, after all of our work. And uh, I was proud to be the plaintiff in this and believed in it. Uh, I guess I'm uh, in, in reading the case, there. There's so many things that they said that we didn't present. We didn't present enough evidence, I guess, to prove clear and convincing evidence. Um, I guess one of the things was maybe we should have put the reason they invalidated the signatures and also maybe a copy of the voting cards with the original signatures that maybe we should have presented. But we thought, you know, just having the affidavits, uh, the uh, photo IDs, the statement that they wanted this to be counted uh, was enough, and I still think it was enough. We worked very hard going back to these 47 people and getting their signatures, the, the affidavit explaining this all, and now um, all the seven justices ruled against us, and uh, it's just very, uh, very, I'm very surprised and disappointed. Well, thank you for standing forward and being so bold in the community to be the named plaintiff representing the Concerned Citizens Committee. Uh, Wendy, your thoughts on this? You know, I think it's very disappointing, um, Chris. We spent several um, weeks um, walking and talking to members of the community of the city of Medina, 
Um, and one thing I, I would like to point out is that, you know, we were talking to all voters. Um, you know, we weren't looking at if someone was a registered Republican, Democrat, Independent, um, and the consensus was that, you know, members of the community wanted the opportunity to vote on this issue. Um, and many people had no idea that it had passed. They were left out of that process. And, you know, I think in a time right now where many do not trust their government, um, it's very unfortunate that, you know, we've received this ruling. Um, just personally, I can speak to a couple of individuals that signed the petition that I know lived in the city of Medina, were registered voters, um, one of them being an actual um, spouse to an elected official, and um, her signature um, was was discarded. Um, so again, you know, we worked very hard. Most people in the community, majority of the people in the community wanted a voice. They wanted their voice to be heard. And, you know, I think this is an issue of what you're seeing is you're seeing so many things being done behind closed doors. Um, and then again, we take it this route and then we get a 7-0, um, you know, ruling against us um, in what's supposed to be, you know, a fair, um, you know, a, a, a fair Supreme Court system. So it really makes you question you know, what um, What um, individuals are on the Supreme Court, and, and, and maybe, you know, we need to look at that a little closer to see what's going on down there in Columbus. Very, di- very, very disappointing. That's right. Thank you, Wendy, for your volunteerism on this and spending lots of hours a year ago in July walking uh, the community and talking to your neighbors and securing their signatures. We're going to be putting a letter out to the nearly 1,200 citizens who signed this petition and explain to them uh, the long process we have been trying to fight to get this on the ballot, and unfortunately, the state supreme court has made a political decision at this point. Linda, your thoughts on this? Oh, I am so so upset. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think people sh- people should be very concerned that their votes are not being heard. Um, we did everything correct. Medina stood down. Uh, we really need to consider who we're going to vote for in November. Um, the people that we trusted were going to do the right thing because they've taken an oath to do the right thing in Medina, stood down. There were many times that the affidavits and signatures sat around on people's desks, and we had to inquire as to what was going on with them to move them forward. Um, you would think that they would want to move them forward and have them reviewed and do the right thing that they took an oath to do. So that's very scary, I think, for all voters. And I I just think we did everything right and everyone just looked away. So really consider who you're going to vote for in November. Um, There's a lot of people that are, say they're Republicans, conservatives, and they were nowhere around to help. That is so true. In fact, uh, the county prosecutor, Forrest Thompson, uh, he's on the ballot in November, will just say this, that he was the one giving advisement to the Board of Elections, uh, and he was telling them to stand down. He was telling them to take no action. And I even talked to him. I said, people are entitled to due process. They presented a petition for review of these affidavits and of these petitions. He said, I've advised them to take no position, to take, uh, to take no action. We made three appeals on the local level, and that remained to be their position. So folks in Medina, they need to make a determination of what they're going to do, whether they're going to uh, retain Mr. Thompson or whether they're going to send him home. 
uh, that's up for the voters because they, he's denied, in my opinion, their voting rights by not allowing their appeal to be heard. They shouldn't even had to have gone to court and to spent that thing. You know, that should have been done with local officials, and that's what you're trying to do is give everybody an opportunity to do their sworn office responsibility, whether they worked at the Board of Elections or whether they worked for the county prosecutor's office, who was the representing attorney for the county officials. That's why he was included. Let me read to you the uh, uh, portion of the writ. They say, we deny the writ and deny the request for oral argument. This is the Supreme Court talking in their decision. Realtors have failed to prove by clear and convincing evidence that the 47 signatures at issue were invalidated in the first place. That doesn't even make sense. And their constitutional arguments fail because this mandamus action is sufficient to protect any rights to procedural due process that realtors may have. When I read that to an attorney and a judge today, he said, that's crazy. He said, first of all, that you got a 7-0 to decision. He said, I know some of the people in the court. He said, this was a political decision. So we have to say, nobody wanted to go against the LGBTQ community here. They wanted to vote with them. We didn't make it about that. We made it about the voting rights. We wanted the opportunity back in the community to vote on the issue, to discuss the issue with city council, uh, to send it back to city council. This all started back last July when citizens showed up to an open hearing and said, wait, before you pass this ordinance, we have some concerns. And remember, Linda, Wendy, Marie, when they rejected our concerns and said, well, we're just going to go ahead and vote for this anything way. Do you remember? You all remember that? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. The runaround. Yeah, and that's what we had to do. And you, you, We talked that night. You say, well, what can we do? I said, a referendum petition. And so we discussed that. And a referendum petition is the right of the citizens to circulate a petition to put the issue on the ballot then for the people to decide. It's that simple. That's a voting rights case. Then when you have the same corrupt politicians at the Board of Elections invalidating, in, wrongfully invalidating your signatures, and then you produce evidence in a sworn statement, an affidavit is a big way of law in the courts. You know, this is a bad day for the courts. When I say that this is a sad day uh, and actually an embarrassing day for the courts, I mean that, folks, because the whole court system is based upon, we swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And when you provide the evidence that you are who you say you are, and the court says, oh, no, you didn't prove that. Well, photo ID with a sworn statement with your signature is as much evidence as you need in any kind of official document, whether it's a mortgage or whether it's banking institutions or anything, should have been good or enough for the court. Wendy, your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I just think right now we're in a time where, again, we have this situation here where, you know, individuals, we, we supply the supporting data and the seven individuals on the Supreme Court completely ignored it. So it makes you wonder what truly is going on in Ohio, and government should be, you know, for the people, of the people, and, you know, looking at the state level right now with the unconstitutional mandates that are coming down on, you know, citizens of Ohio and businesses, mandating to close, open, wear your mask. On churches, threatening churches with uh, closure and fines over the face mask order. We're going to be talking about that in an upcoming program, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think this all ties in where, you know, again, whether it's the Supreme Court, whether it is, you know, our elected official um, in the 16th district here in Medina, whether it is our state rep, 
our county prosecutor, our county commissioners, you know, where are these people? What are they actually doing? And they're totally bypassing um, the residents and the citizens. And again, I, I just continue with um, the thing I continue to hear from citizens is we had no idea this was going on, and we want the opportunity to vote. So Amen. individuals signed it, whether they were Republican, Democrat, Independent, they were registered voters. We then followed up, secured all the documentation um, to prove that it was their signature. And again, just the tossing back and forth from the city to the county to the Board of Elections, um, it's frightening. And I, I think people not only in the city of Medina, I think in the state of Ohio, need to be asking questions of our elected official and the Republican Party. What is going on? Uh, that Those are great points, Wendy, and absolutely. And see, sunshine, light, is a disinfectant. And folks, what we're doing is shining a light on this problem. And this happens to be the city of Medina and the county of Medina. But there's people in Westerville waiting to see what happened with this case. And now what they're going to realize is that, well, they're going to have to move forward with a charter amendment because they had a similar ordinance with public accommodation. And by the way, for those of you that are marking this thing, uh, the court did not decide, the U.S. Supreme Court on Title VII in granting um, uh, hiring rights to LGBTQ persons, they did not grant public accommodation. That was, not, that was not determined by that decision. So it is a question certainly up for uh, the communities to be able to decide whether that is the case whether they want men in women's bathrooms. And, folks, that's what this is about. We're talking about the privacy rights of women and children and protecting them from actual perverts going into the restroom. We heard that time and again. And, Wendy, I like what you said. Basically, it was we went door-to-door. We didn't go to just Republican or Democrat doors. We went to everybody in the community that was a registered voter. That was all the requirement. And yet their rights are now being denied. We're going to send a letter out to those folks. We're going to put out a press release. And we're going to let folks around Ohio know this is going to be a rallying cry. You know, you folks actually stood up. You did something. We may have lost at the state Supreme Court. There may be an opportunity for us to go to federal court. But I don't believe this is over. I believe the will of the people is they're going to be more determined than ever. What do you all say? Marie? Yes. Yes. How about you, Linda? You ready to fight? Yes. Sure are. And, and Wendy, I know to. you are. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we have no choice. I think we owe it to every person who signed that petition, every volunteer, um, and then also the students in, you know, in, in the children in the, in the city of Medina that it's going to impact with the Well, that's issue. exactly right. Well, I say God bless to the, to the concerned citizens of Medina City. It was my privilege and the Ohio Christian Alliance volunteers that came out to help to work with you on this issue. We're not done. We're going to be there. We're going to continue. There might be a charter amendment. We may take this to federal court. Uh, one thing's for sure. We're going to keep feet, uh, fire under the feet of politicians uh, because they just seem to squirm and do a political decision rather than the constitutional decision for we the people. And folks, that's what we have to do in this representative republic. That's why we have to uh, be vigilant uh, for the times in which we live. You know, Psalm 11, verse 3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, this is a time for us to stand up, stand in the gap. We need to pray, but we also need to be active. Monday Night Roundtable presents the Roundtable Radio Marathon, Saturday, September 5th, from 1 p.m. to midnight, simulcast live on AM 1220 The Word, AM 1420 The Answer, 96.9 FM, and 102.5 FM. Join George Satari, Steve Krause, 
and a host of thought-provoking guests as we rally the vote for the upcoming 2020 presidential election. This marathon will be an endurance test full of history, patriotism, and thoughtful dialogue to help stem the tide of the radical left and promote life, liberty, and preserving the republic. Prizes will be given out each hour with a $500 grand prize awarded at the end of the show. So, come on, man! And join us as we rally the vote on the Roundtable Radio Marathon Saturday, September 5th from 1 p.m. to midnight on AM 1220 The Word, AM 1420 The Answer, 96.9 FM, and 102.5 FM. So rally the vote and preserve the republic. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. And if you're not registered to vote, we encourage you to register and vote. And because we got a big election coming up in November and there's big decisions to make, obviously going forward, we can see there's turmoil in our country right now. And we can see the rioting and looting in American cities by radical leftists and Marxists and anarchists in our streets. And uh, we have a decision to make, and that's why we need to pray for our country. Uh, We are in a dark time right now, and as Wendy, as you said, we certainly have a time of suspension of our civil liberties, and that's that's what's so discouraging to many people right now. Uh, But folks, as you've been followers of this program, we're going to keep on top of this. In fact, the issues of churches being threatened uh, by local health departments uh, over the issue of the face mask mandate. We're going to be uh, having some pastors come on the program next week to talk about that, and that's an ongoing issue. We're getting calls all across the state into our offices of the concerns of religious liberty. Uh, but, you know, just a closing thoughts here. Uh, Wendy, uh, Just uh, this hasn't caused you to give up, has it? Absolutely not. We have to continue to fight. Um, this is the best country um, in, in the history, and, you know, we all have rights. We have a constitution, and we have to continue to watch over these elected officials, whether it be a Supreme Court justice, your state rep, your federal rep, your county commissioner, city council, um, you know, what, whatever it might be, every board, board of education, um, everyone should realize that any office is important. Because things like this need to be brought out to the attention of the public. People need to know what their rights are, um, and we have to protect those rights. And we need to realize how important elections are. Elections have consequences. And whether it's the dog catcher or the city council member, we need to know who we're voting in office to make sure that we're not getting railroaded for you. Well, that's exactly right, and we have an opportunity to do that. And so uh, we're going to be paying attention as to who was with us and, and defending our constitutional rights and who was standing in the way. And folks in Medina are going to make the determination. 30. Well, I want to thank uh, Marie. I want to thank you for your courage. You, Linda, and Wendy, and all those who volunteered. God bless you all. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening.
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.